All right, we are back. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. And standing by to join me on the second half of the show is TV film composer, musician, producer, and ice hockey player on a men's team. That is incredible. Megan Cavallari. Good morning, Megan. Hi there. How are you? Good, good. I was so fascinated by your bio as I was telling you. All the Thank you. You're so welcome. All the great things you're doing. And I, I wanted to add that um, when I first started ice skating, I skated in hockey skates because I couldn't stand those skinny little figure skates. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And I was the only Something girl. Right. The, I had Lang Laser 2s, and I would be out there with all the guys, and I had such a blast. So. Oh, yeah. It's fun. It is fun. So let's begin with your music background. How, when did you first know you wanted to become a composer? Well, second grade, Miss Mangini put us all in a circle, <laughs> and the second grade, and we all went around the circle and said what we wanted to be when we grew up. And uh, all the boys said rich or fireman, and all the girls said a mommy, but me. Yeah. And I said Leonard Bernstein, because we wow. listened to him, and we watched him conduct, and I'm a Philadelphia Orchestra fan forever mm-hmm. from Philly, and I just adored him and everything he did so i just said leonard bernstein and all the kids started laughing and i left the school and my mom just came home told my mom what happened she like made me some soup or something for lunch like right on (laughs) 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 so that was good and then the next time i definitely knew i wanted to be a composer was when I was 15, I was writing for the Swathmore Players Club, and it was the spring musical. So it really determined whether the theater could keep going. Mm-hmm. So there were all these adults who ran the theater who I know in her room, okay. and half the adults were like, yeah, Megan can write the musical. And half the other <laughs> adults who I knew and adored said, we can't have a kid writing the musical. We're, we're going to go bankrupt. Why we can't not? do this. Megan can't handle this. So I learned really early that, first of all, I can get paid for what I loved and that adults are going to reject you. Oh, yes. So those are, like, really important, like, like lessons, and I realized that I just had to find my people who were going to pay me. So I learned that at 15, and I think that that was a really good lesson because I haven't stopped composing professionally since, so it's been... I've been, I'm humbled by it, and it's been fantastic, and I, I just, you I know. Love it. I, I yeah. also love what I'm hearing is that you didn't let criticism and negativity stop you. It made you do it more, I think. Oh, you know, that's just part of the game. And out here in Los Angeles, there's just so much competition and so much, I mean, so many brilliant composers out here yes. that you really have, you develop thick skin. I mean, I didn't develop it. I just had it. Mm-hmm. And... You just, you know, Linda Opes in her book keeps saying, next, next, next. You keep doing that. And sometimes I'm not, I don't get the first film, but I might get the second film. I might not be right for that film. Or maybe the producers wanted somebody else or the director wanted this person. You have no idea. So you just keep a, you know, column, you know, a Mm -hmm. list of all your people. And even if you got rejected, keep in touch with those people. And you just keep following up and... I'm lucky enough to keep working for the same people I went to NYU with. <laughs> so, oh, and great. all those other people who've told their friends about me and their others and others and all, you know, my agents at Kraft, Kraft Engel are pretty phenomenal. And, awesome. and Sarah over there is just awesome. So I have my people, just That's like good. I have my, my line in hockey. We talk about our line in hockey, like who's your line? 
Okay. You take care of your line. They take care of you, and it's the same as in uh, film scoring. So, you know, let's you have ta- your people. Let's talk about hockey. How did you okay. go from music to hockey? <laughs> okay, so here's what I feel about hockey. Okay. <laughs> I feel that hockey is like life. I feel like when you're playing hockey, it's poetry in motion and 90 miles an hour, and I mm-hmm. think it's hard. It's so difficult, and you get up, and you keep playing, and then you fall down, or somebody hits you, yes. and then there's this huge man in a little cage, and by some miraculous miracle, the puck goes in, and you celebrate for half a second because you've got to get back out there and be D again. The, the, wow. the defense, and you have to just go with your line and protect your line and go out there and keep playing. And and there's so many things about life to me that 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 are parallel to hockey. And it's it's from the sound of the the skates on the ice to working together with people and having a second language to to just the impossibility of the sport, which is really difficult oh, sport. Yes. And um, I've. I've played with men because, A, they have better time. Okay. And I want to be skating at 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. And I like I like um, the teams. I have different um, teams that I'm on, but I like my teams because um, men, I, I just find this that they're always trying to help you and figure out things for you. Oh. And um, I work in a male environment in Hollywood on post-production. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of used to men and... I I really love the fact that they're always trying to up your game. I think that's a man thing. Yes. So I just I just love that that my game gets better and better. Yeah. You know, more with, resilient, with more strong. Yeah, stronger. it's really fun. It's fun. I mean, I I've been tossed in the air and what? been flying <laughs> like a cartoon before. I'm like a little smaller than everyone, and I'm like. How many herniated discs am I going to hurt this time or something, you know? But I just like, okay, I'm down on the ice. I'm getting up again. Where's the buck? You know, it's just sort of uh, things you did like you were a kid. Suddenly you do as an adult, and it just really is is fun. And and it learns a lot. You learn a lot. And, you know, I have my line in hockey. I have my line in in my composing. I have unbelievable musicians and directors and Mm -hmm. assistants and mixers and engineers. I'm just, incredible. you know, agents. I have all all my people lined yes. up, and it's great because you have to have your line in life, too. You do. So that's my sort of analogy, I guess. I like that. <laughs> that makes any sense. When did you first throw in a pair of hockey skates? When I was an adult. When you, how old? I mean, your 20s, 30s? Um, I was in my late 20s, and I was writing music for the Kings, and I saw this ad go to hockey camp and I never learned how to play but I didn't look at the picture and it was all for kids (laughs) so my first hockey experience was like me and a bunch of kids on the ice I was like the true hockey mom I was like actually going out there and playing with a bunch of kids but Daryl Evans was my teacher at the time and he's like get out there Cavallari and you know so he became my private coach and then Andre Runsu became my second coach after him from the Russian Dynamo and uh, the um, the Olympics, and he's an NHL player. But he, he, the Russians have a totally different skating technique than the Canadians, and I equally oh. love them. So, um, but he was he was totally different school of skating than the Canadian way I was taught. So that was okay. really 
fantastic. Did you ever so. skate with figure skates growing up, or that was an no. interest? Oh. No, I hated. I hated all that girly stuff. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I was basically on my piano, and I played lacrosse, and I swam on the swim team, and I was basically into music and sports, but. Mm-hmm. Really, I was sort of a shy kid just into my music, you know. Yes. My parents would be like, Megan, there's a, there's a dance at your school. And I was like, I'm writing my musical, or I'm writing my <laughs> symphony, or I'm writing a pop song. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh and now this day, I'll be like on my phone, and like my daughter will be like, I'll be like, Shoshi, I'm writing, I'm writing the end of the movie right now. <laughs> she knows to be quiet while I put it on my iPhone. It's terrible. So funny. Now I have my kid trained. <laughs> That's so funny. Does she want to skate too, like you? She's taken um, private lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a juvenile arthritis. So, and I'm a I'm ba- I'm, um, arthritis ambassador. Okay. And she, um, so it's very hard on her knees to skate, so she's more of a swimmer. Okay. So she's had um, juvenile arthritis since she's one and a half, and mm-hmm. she's, she's, uh, she's a child in, in pain with chronic illness. Oh, but so she, sorry. you know, like children who are ill that I know from the Talk Foundation, you know, um, there's a Chinese proverb that um, illness will happen to you, but suffering's a choice, and she's just a demonstration of that because oh. she's just a you know typical kid. Wow. And then sometimes she needs, you know, different things. Sure. So, sure. yeah, yeah. So she did learn to skate with Daryl, but then her knees were a little bit of a problem, so we went back to swimming. Yeah, that's too hard on the joints and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Now let's talk she's about... right now. Uh, she is good? She's in a good place right now? Oh, she's fabulous, oh, yeah. Oh, good. Let's talk about the Talk Foundation, because I was really moved by that, what you're doing with Thank kids. Thank you. Uh, the Talk Foundation came uh, about, about 11 years ago. I was in, uh, Steve Price had a lunch here that, um, in Los Angeles, and it was a lot of people with foundations and doing good deeds, and we helped each other out. Mm-hmm. And in forming my foundation, I wanted to figure out something I could do by myself, and I know a lot about recordings, so I created a little recording studio sort of thing in my in my desktop computer, okay. um, my laptop, actually. And I put some mics and some things, and I could make CDs. And it was just something that I thought that I could do. I'd also been in the hospital um, with my daughter, and I'd seen how kids get poked. Yes. My daughter has gone through chemo, and, and especially in those areas when we were in oncology, I just saw all the sadness, and I thought, boy, if there's a way I can bring some light here, that would be great. That's great. So I just started doing it on my own and by word of mouth, but um, people in Los Angeles and Orange County can, can get me on my website, which is um, Megan, M-E-G-A-N, as in Nancy. Okay. And my last name's Cavallari, which is C-A-V, as in Victor, A-L-L-A-R-I, MeganCavallari.com. And on my website, you can reach me via the Talk Foundation and send me an email. Um, and I'm also looking for a hospital. I've, I've been doing this uh, on my own, so I'm in the process right now of looking at children's hospital, but, you know, if there's a person out there who can email me um, about a hospital that might be interested mm-hmm. in, um, you know, bringing Talk Foundation into their hospital, that would be fantastic. But right now I'm still good, doing good work, but I'm still traveling around. Right. And if that's what, you know, my higher power wants me to do, then that's what I'm going to do. Yes. Um, 
And if, if I can get into a hospital, that's great. But if I can't, I'm going to continue doing it. And I've recorded over 3,000 children. So I think mm-hmm. I'm doing good things so far. I'll say, wow. So basically you go in and you have a, you let these kids say, say talk about anything they want, and then you give the recording to the parents? No, to the children. To the children. And okay. they fill out a little form that says about their ducks. Oh. I'm not their ducks. Duck. I have ducks in my backyard. That's how that came out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm a vegan, so there's like animals everywhere. Okay. <laughs> there's just scattered animals all over my, my house. Um, I have t- two dogs and, and um, two ducks, and um, I'm not sure where I was going with this. Don't but, worry. Um, <laughs> but, but basically, um, not, nothing they say is, is, is wrong, and I have a little nice. piece of paper that says, here's where it's coming back, if, if they have any animals like dogs or cats or ducks like yes. I have. Yes, got it. <laughs> to put it down on the back. So if they're having trouble getting started, I'll say like, oh, looks like you have two ducks here or mm-hmm. two dogs or two cats, and I can break the ice a little. Okay. So if I need that, but most of the time they just want to talk. Sometimes they talk on their own with their friends, with their family, or sometimes they want to rant, or sometimes they want to ask me things like, do you know why God gave me this disease? Yes. And that's like heavy duty. A huge thing for yes. me to go in and and talk to them about, and I might ask, "Do you know why, or what do you think, or mm-hmm. something like that?" You mm-hmm. know, and and try and get them to think about that. But it's not a light sort of, um, you know. No, not at all. Not <laughs> We're not at handing all. out. Can, you know, candy at the Talk Foundation. Right. We're sort of going in a little deeper. <laughs> of course. Well, it's got to make them feel but it's, good. It's, it's wonderful, yeah. and I feel wonderful doing it. And my hope someday is to just be in, in a lot of hospitals. Yes. Because I think children need to express themselves, and what they have to say just blows you away. Right. And I'm, I'm fortunate to be doing it as long as I have. That's so nice. And and there's people like you who let me put the, the name out, so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I was mentioning I went over to Chalk one year because they have Radio Lollipop, mm-hmm. so I think I might have a contact over there. I'm going to give them oh, a Oh, thank a you. Oh, I um, so appreciate that. Because I love what you're doing. I had mentioned I thought about doing this with older people because they have tremendous insight and stories. Oh, and, yeah. And no one, I feel like nobody really listens to older people, and we have a friend we met uh, almost three years ago, and my daughter had to do community service, and she chose to, to uh, volunteer in a retirement home, and this woman has become mm. our friend, and she's going to be 97. Right. Oh, that's so nice. She's so wonderful. So I think it's incredible what you're doing. You Thank know, you. It's, it's really interesting because, well, the theme of my show is Get the Funk Out, and you're doing so many different things you know, feeding off your interests. Uh, obviously, hockey must be a great outlet for you because you're flying around the ice and <laughs> you're learning and you're pushing yourself and people need that. Yeah, I th- I mean, it's the same with my job as a composer. I mean, it's really, you know, everybody will tell you it's difficult to get jobs. And, and it is, and you're up against really crazy, talented people. Mm-hmm. But I continue to get, you know, feature films. I'm on a feature film right now called Jacob Marley. That's great. And... I just love the the director, Russ um, Francis. Oh, my God, he's so amazing, and he has such a great vision. And this is an animated movie, and it's about um, Scrooge's sideman, Jacob Marley. So oh. it's really amazing. So I do this, the songs this year with, with Russ, mm-hmm. and then I do the score next year. We've got Capitol Records, and I'm, I'm so thrilled because it's one of my favorite rooms to conduct. That is great. And so it's it's really great, and I'm always looking for other things, and 
my, you know, my managers are just always looking for things. So I'm, I'm just always sort of on the hunt. <laughs> That's good. You have to be. You have to be. Yeah. So, but I'm really lucky that I get to do what I love, and I'm very humbled by it, and I'm very grateful. So. Well, and let me add that a very small percentage, I, I was reading this on your bio, there's such a small percentage of composers that are women. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you know, um, that is something that never really bothers me. That I just think of it as there's so many composers out there, and I happen to be friends with a lot of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, you know, they're phenomenal and a lot of them are men, mm-hmm. and as time goes on and there's more female directors and more female producers, I think there'll be more female composers. Yeah. But I sort of don't, that, I don't let that, Janine, bother me. That's I just good. write and write and write and write, and I'm lucky that I write for the same people or the people who recommended me, or I do a demo good. or a showrunner and I, you know, or a feature, and I get it. Yes. And then I work for that director over and over again. So it's sort of about relationships. It sure is. And um, if they, if your music's right for their movie, yes. or the song they want for their end title is right, or a song during a TV show is right. Mm-hmm. So you're sort of just always, always writing. And I'm, I'm lucky enough also to self-generate. So I'm writing an opera for the, um, the Angel City Chorale right now. So. You know, I can self-generate so much stuff. I'm writing some pop tunes with Eric Robinson. He's uh, Taylor nice. Swift, one of Taylor Swift's uh, um, recording uh, managers and, and gotcha. engineers and things. So gotcha. there's um, he's a he's a pop producer. So today Very I'm going to cool. be singing all my <laughs> <laughs> my demos, and then he listens to them and goes, nope, 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 uh, nope, 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 uh, and then once in a while he goes, yep. That's so funny. Well, I do love the story you told uh, at the beginning of your career. You submitted your demo, or your agent submitted you as M. They didn't put your first name. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah, um, I was with a different agency. Um, He didn't put my first name. I was just M. Cavallari. He just always did that because he didn't want backlash or sexism. So I did a demo for this um, action film. And when I got in um, to the building, I went up to the second floor where the director and producer were, and at that time they told me casting was upstairs. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm Megan Cavallari. I'm your composer. And right. I don't know if it was the director producer just turned to me and said, oh, women can't write action. Oh, come on. And I was like, what, <laughs> what century are we living in? No kidding. <laughs> so anyway, I was I was sort of, in shock, but I just made a vow right there that I'm going to someday write Mission Impossible score Good. with my female orchestra because that would be a Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, also my bucket list is to work with Moby, but that's nice. on everybody's bucket list. Of so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's sort of just crazy talented, and, and I'm a vegan, and I love what he's doing with this restaurant and what he has to say awesome. about the world and things. But, um, you know, um, that, that's happened to me, and that was that was just shocking. But it's not the first time it's happened. But I sort of just go next, move on, because there's always there's always jobs. You can self generate. You yeah. can make a record. You know, you're a film composer in your cave. You can do what you need. Yes. You know, well, that's a great attitude. So. You know, just next, keep going, and don't let. Oh yeah, you, you gotta down. have that. Yeah, you gotta have that, and then you ha- then you have to have you know, maybe side projects, and you know if. if, if be versatile in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, 
that's what I am. I'm versatile in TV and I'm versatile in features and theater and opera and pop and everything. I just, I've learned to be versatile so I can work. Yeah, you have to be. <laughs> you have to be because you don't want to say no to something. You know? No. No, there's no no. <laughs> right. <laughs> there, there can be yes. How do I figure this out? Yes, exactly. <laughs> but there's, you know, there's yeah, no and, no. And, yeah and, and because I've been composing for so long, I usually can figure out what that, that yes is. And if I have really strong collaborators, which in the past, they really know the story, they really know the characters, you know. Yeah. And I have so many mentors out there. I have great mentors out there, Michael Scloff, Richard Kraft. I mean, they're just like the it's greatest fantastic. mentors. One's TV, one's feature films. I mean, they're just awesome. That's awesome. And um, any question about anything, I, I could call them up or email them, and they'd be like, okay, Meg, here's what I think you should do. That's you know, so you need that. It's critical. Yeah. Do you have advice for people that are perhaps just starting out as a composer? You know. Yeah, I I say do everything. I say write every day. I say keep keep writing. You know, go to go to wherever you are in the world. Just go to the school that's close to you, a university where there's filmmakers and score their films. Just keep learning to score. Go to um, USC or Berkeley. Get a scoring. You know they have. They now have uh, degrees in that. So those are good starts. That's good. And then, like my in- internist, you know, the guy who was an intern for me from UCLA is now one of my top assistants. So if you can get in to work for a composer or be, an, you know, a- an assistant or something, that's. I mean, my first assisting job was with Danny Elfman on Nightmare Before Christmas. So I really lucked out on the assistant thing and got to learn how to score with him through Dolores Claiborne. So that that was really amazing. But I would just say keep writing, learn every piece of software, every piece of hardware. Just learn it all, know it all. And, I mean, that goes without saying, know every piece of the orchestra, know your cello range. No, just just keep studying and keep working and keep writing, and that's that's what I'd say. And then, you know, I would also say take your good time with you, because you're going to be in a room with a, a, a lot of people sometimes. And if your attitude's like not, oh yeah, a good attitude. I know you're going. Yeah. No, no one's going to want to work. That's you. right. Yeah. <laughs> if your attitude's like. Hey, what about that Kings game last night? You know, know, you're working with some Kings people or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Or you know, you, you have to like, you know, it's an intimate um, the composing and post production, particularly. It can be very intimate, and and you have to make sure like you're you get along with everybody, and then everybody's taken care of, and then you're collaborating, and you're in top form every single time yeah. you go out there to play. You you can't be in that top form. So no, that's um, great advice. Working on your craft. Yeah. I didn't ask you, how did you become the official composer for the L.A. Kings? Well, I was, um, this was years ago, I was helping this woman put on her gear. Um, we, we were with, uh, Daryl Evans had a workshop, and she was putting her shin gear on her elbow, and it's very confusing, hot, the whole hockey gear, if you haven't done it before. So I dressed her. And I said, just stand behind me. When a puck's coming, I'll get it. Because I knew it was her first time. She had this sort of terrified look in her eye. You know, the same terrified look I had in my eye when I started. (laughs) (laughs) I said, just stand behind me. I'll block the puck. She'll be fine. So anyway, I helped her through this whole workshop thing. And I loved Daryl and working with him. 
And afterwards, I took off her equipment for her because she had trouble taking it off. And and she was so tired. And she's like, hi, I'm Heidi Andrel, and I'm with the L.A. Kings. I'm the color commentary at the time. She Uh was really big in the Kings organization. I said, oh, I'm Megan Cavallari. And she said, oh, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm a composer. You know, I write music all the time for everybody. And she said, ah, the Kings music, it's not as good as I think it should be. And I said, oh, okay. And she said, send me your CD. And two two weeks later, she called me, and I started writing for the Kings. Oh, I love it. Um, all different things. And I haven't been traded in 10 years. <laughs> Luke Robitaille's got me a number one composer shirt. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, this is the 11th year of the Kings. They they could trade me for oh, someone else. I don't think you know? so. In hockey, people get traded all the time. That's so. true. That's true. <laughs> and I also write for the Ro- the Washington Caps. Oh, you do? They're a great team. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. You, you don't sound like yes, you sleep absolutely. much. I, I don't think you get much sleep. You're probably so busy. <laughs> well, you know, I try and get as much sleep as I can. But, yeah. you know, uh, but sometimes it's crazy when you're mixing and working at night. Yeah. Your head is so on mm-hmm. that the last thing you want to do is sleep. It's like, yeah. you know, you get out of your studio or you get out of you go you have I have drums recorded in a different place or something or I'm orchestrating and I have a last call and then the directors want to talk and things like that. Yeah. So your head is so wound up yeah, at you're night. Wired. Like yeah. you're sometimes you're just like I'm not going to be able to sleep. Of course not. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I'm going to get back to my studio right till I'm tired or or not. Just try and meditate. You yeah. know, just try and there's so many thoughts in your head. Yes. That you just have to. You just have to unwind. You got to reel it in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Throw, yeah. throw out your website one more time because unfortunately we have to wrap up. Absolutely. Okay. It's um, www, and it's Megan, M E G A N, as in Nancy, Cavallari, C A Z as in Victor, A L L A R I. And I'm also on Twitter at Meg, M E G, and Cava, C A Z A. And that's my, you can find me on Twitter as well. Perfect. Megan, thank okay, you so thank much you for so calling much. in. It was great talking That's to you. Great. I'm going to have to come check out your hockey practice. Okay. <laughs> so you can't laugh too much. I can't laugh. <laughs> I'm what? a small one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hopefully I'll meet you sometime. Thank you face. so much. All right. Take I'll care. You Bye-bye. Bye. That was Megan Cavallari calling in. If you missed any part of today's show, we'll be up on the blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. I've got to wrap up right now. Sheldon Abbott is standing by with Cure of the Blues. And I'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.